you're traveling through another dimension. A dimension of not only a film and sound, but mind. A journey into an auditory movie review adventure that must be experienced to be believed. There's a signpost up ahead. Your next stop, the Doomsday Clock. Week 96, 0 hours 15 minutes to Doomsday. There is very little time or point in an explanation, but to put it simply I have created a chronostasis field around what remains of the pocket dimension, which will protect you inside a repeating quantum event until I can work out how to fix the ongoing time decay caused by court psyops actions. So now you got me trapped in some weird time loop thing so I can stay alive for that little bit longer and uh, essentially just, you know, just suffer. Stop whining. So, you know what, I'm just going to keep watching movies and because we're in a loop, let me watch 2012's Looper and get me Bo Ransdell. Your wish is my endless source of boredom. <laughs> You're me in 30 years. Sun's down into your eyes. It's too strange. Your face looks backwards. Do you know what's gonna happen? You done all this already? As me? I don't want to talk about time travel. We both know how this has to go down. So why don't you do what old men do and die? Why don't you just take your little gun over between your legs and do it? Boy. Time travel is outlawed, used only in secret by the largest criminal organizations. When they need someone gone, and they want to erase any trace of the target ever existing, they use specialized assassins, like me, called loopers. You're a looper. You know what we do? And the only rule is, never let your target escape, even if your target... You. This is not a good thing. My boss will be searching for me until he finds me. Sweep the streets. Get on it. I'm gonna fix this. I'm gonna find it. I'm gonna kill it. Hunt them down. But every second that passes is bad. What's he gonna do? I'm gonna save your life. My life. Your life. I know you're not lying when you say you're gonna kill this guy.
Ladies and gentlemen, the man himself, Bo Ransdell. How are you, mate? I'm great. I don't know what's happened, but I'm younger and I have hair again. I know, it's fantastic, isn't it? Like, time is completely broken, so enjoy it while you can. Um, I can say to you that at some point you may get so old that you soil yourself, but it'll only be temporary. Look, I did it as a young man, I'll do it as an old man. I'm fine with it. It's all good, so yes, enjoy the hair while you can. Um, yeah, look, I don't want to say too so much, much, but it is, it's, I want to I want to touch it. I want to run my fingers through it. Please. <laughs> All of it. Um, just to let you know, um, if when you get back to, to to the past, this is all Court's fault. Court Psyops did this. He broke time. Oh, uh, I mean, I, I guess it's probably a little too easy to say it was a matter of time. But, oh. yeah, I mean, if anyone oh. was going to do it, it was going to be Court. Yeah, yeah. So, or yeah. Darren. And, I mean, yeah, see, I think Darren just would have, like, he would have taken over the government and, and turned it into just a, a punk rock paradise. And I could have coped with that. But Yeah, course, he's very anti-time cop. Yeah, he is very anti-time cop. So, you know, I felt like I would have got away with it. Um, maybe less shoes, more hair gel. Um, but, you know, we'll move on from that. Having said that, we are going to watch 2002... There's words there. We are going to watch 2012's Looper. With a runtime of one hour and 53 minutes, allegedly this movie is set in 2074. When the mob wants to get rid of someone, the target is sent into the past where a hired gun awaits someone like Joe, who one day learns the mob wants to close the loop by sending back Joe's future self for assassination. That that is the thinnest version of what this movie is about I've ever read. Yeah, that what they leave out is it's a kick-ass X-Man movie in disguise. Yes, exactly. So th- th- this is like it, all it needs is uniforms, and it's an X-Man movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you put everyone in the, the the white, like no yellow, yellow and blue leotards, and uh, that would make all the difference. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> Turn the Gatman into those the uh, they Sentinels, those big robots. Yeah, well, all right, so you, you definitely need a suit for the kid. Um, yes. You probably give one to uh, his mom, too, Sarah, Emily Blunt in the yeah. film. And, yeah, and then you give uh, Bruce Willis a big cable scar and a glowing eye. Done and done, man. Done. There you go. I, look, this movie is... That just made this movie, like, a hundred times better. Yeah, it takes a while. Like, there is part of me that always felt there was some weird discord with the movie and the plot elements of this movie. And then there was that magical moment where I realized, like, no, no, the problem isn't without. It is within. I just need to think about this movie slightly different. And then it was like, fuck, this is one of the best superhero movies I've ever seen. Exactly right. It's, if you just take away from the fact that it, it's not actually about like assassins and killers and time travel, it's about superheroes. All of a sudden, a hundred percent better. Right. You're just trying to 100. make a superhero nice instead of mean. Yes. That is the whole thrust of this movie: is how do you make this kid not destroy everything? Yeah. How how do you not turn him into Magneto? Yeah. Right. right. Is he going to be? You wanted to be Professor Professor X and not Magneto. That right. That is ultimately what this movie is. Is you have a, a an alpha mutant, I believe they are called. And sure, why not? Uh, I've been I've been reading a lot of X Men comics, man. Um, <laughs> Marvel Unlimited is fucking great. So oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, so it 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 is just how can we keep this powerful alpha mutant 
from choosing vengeance over kindness and mercy because there is no question that he can straight up make people bleed out their chest literally explode in slow motion yeah oh man this movie's real good (laughs) now it is now now that now that you've just thrown away all the crap it's actually really good and and you can stop focusing on joseph gordon levitt's eyebrows um yes that (laughs) is an issue that is an issue. We'll, we'll talk about that in just a minute. This movie was directed and written by Doug Lyman, who also wrote and directed 2017's The Last Jedi. Um, uh, I can't, Doug uh, Lyman, bite your tongue, sir. <laughs> I can't remember which one that is. Ryan Johnson sure. is the director and writer of this film. Well, IMDb says, it, says he, he had something to do with it. Doug Lyman, you IMDb that shit. His name's all over it, and it's it's in the known for section. I mean, maybe so, but he didn't like Ryan Johnson wrote directed this movie. The man who did Knives Out did Looper. That's all you need to know. Yeah, yeah, but Knives Out's a really good movie. You're right, and so is Looper. <laughs> well again it's as soon as you get rid of all the stuff that makes it looper and just go it's an x-men movie it's fucking great all right uh, clearly i i need to set you straight on a couple of points so please go on <laughs> so this movie stars joseph gordon levitt as joe or young joe uh obviously best known for being a child actor who didn't turn into a drug-addled lunatic and uh and a range of recent movies like the dark knight rises Sin City, A Dame to Kill For, and Inception. Now, Sin City, A Dame to Kill For is not a good movie. Um, it's not. It's no Sin City, and it's no Sin City, That Yellow Bastard. But it is a Sin City movie. Yeah, the best thing about that film is Ava Green. Yes. Who so is the best thing about most of the things that she's in. <laughs> that, that is very, very true. And look, he, he's pretty good in The Dark Knight Rises. I'll give him that. You know, the maybe he's going to be Robin, maybe he's not. Who knows? We'll never know. And, of course, Inception, where stuff folds in on itself and falls yeah. over. But that's got Tom Hardy in it, and I don't care what anyone else says. If it's got Tom Hardy, that whole movie's about Tom Hardy. Yeah, he is. his performance in that is n- not subtle. Mm. <laughs> he is... <laughs> Why don't you fuck off, Batman? I'll be the star. <laughs> I was born to be your star. You just had it thrust up your asshole. Um. Anyway, how did you Tom get Hardy. over that broken back so quickly? That's a head scratcher. <laughs> uh, one day we'll talk more about Tom Hardy. Uh, now. <laughs> Speaking of someone who isn't Tom Hardy, it's Bruce Willis as Old Joe. Mm -hmm. He's known for obviously being John McClane in the Die Hard movies and any number of other movies like seeing dead people and a bunch of other stuff where he really just plays Bruce Willis. But um, he's also in my personal favorite Bruce Willis movie of all time, 1991's Hudson Hawk. I really wish that the happening, not the happening, what was uh, the sixth sense? Was actually yeah. called seeing dead people. <laughs> it would have made it a lot easier to watch. Right. And then at the end of the movie, you'd be like, oh, it was the title all along. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. I think this is one of the last movies where you see Bruce Willis seem to give a shit. Yeah. And I like Bruce Willis. I, I like a charismatic action hero. And when Die Hard came out, there had never been an action hero that was that charming and, and kind of irreverent. And so I've got a lot of goodwill for Bruce Willis, even though he seems to have turned into a real piece of shit over time. <laughs> and maybe it wasn't that great to begin with. Well, 
know, you go back to the moonlighting days. Lots of look, nothing but love for Bruce Willis in moonlighting. Fantastic. Oh. You know, you know, my my uh, my pivotal years as a young man, seeing that and going, yep, I'm all over that. And like you say, Die Hard, fantastic, loved it. But you know, he reached a point where it's just like, no, I'm just going to be Bruce Willis in this movie. And, what kind and of, that was it? <laughs> what kind of clothes do, do I suppose would be worn by a man with a wart on his nose? Yeah, yeah. that's the classic moonlighting bit um yeah. where, where did you learn to talk like that you got to read a lot of dr seuss um yeah it's a fantastic show but yeah i i i do have a lot of love for bruce willis i just it, he just reached a point in his career where he was just like how much fine yeah and and it's real sad to see like nicholas cage is the anti-bruce willis in a lot of ways because he's in a lot of shitty movies but he is going for something every time Uh, he he's a hundred percent engaged doesn't matter what it is doesn't matter how small the part is he is 100 percent on board and you know what i point to uh the second ghost rider movie where he's peeing fire off the back of a truck he sold that to me, and I'm going, yep, I mean, I love you as Ghost Rider, and I don't care. The, one of my favorite things to scream for no reason, one of my favorite things, not my favorite thing, I like screaming things for no reason all the time, <laughs> but one of my favorite things is the Nicolas Cage knocking on the door! <laughs> so good. <sighs> but back, back to uh, yeah. Looper. Back to back to Looper and not Nicolas Cage. The other person that's in this movie quite significantly is Emily Blunt yeah. as Sarah, best known obviously for being Rita in 2014's Edge of Tomorrow, um, which I really like. Actually, yeah. really, despite the fact that it's a Tom Cruise movie, and I really don't like Tom Cruise, it's a good movie. Can I share with you a theory that I think is mostly true about Tom Cruise? By all means, Tom Cruise is a lot of fun to watch when he's being an asshole in a movie. And like Edge of Tomorrow, I don't like Tom Cruise when they're trying to push him off as the good guy. And like, I'm, I far more believe the Days of Thunder, real young shithead, cocky Tom Cruise than I ever will. Like, I am Ethan Hunt. I am purely benevolent in everything i do it's like uh, i don't know you seem like you got something up your sleeve i like these movies all right but i'm i'm keeping an eye on you ethan hunt i don't trust yeah. you no, I, and you know what i fully agree with that because in edge of tomorrow he plays a dick and yeah. well and emily blunt gets to kill him a lot which i really love man that that is legitimately a great movie uh i think kind of got confused with the title live die repeat um, yes. when it hit home video and whatnot which is a real shame like edge of tomorrow is a perfectly fine title and the movie itself is more than perfectly fine it's a lot of fun um mm. but yeah i i mean i get your point like there there are those charismatic leading men and um i really enjoy i enjoy bruce willis bringing a a very heavy almost 12 monkeys vibe to this Mm, yes where he's not real jokey bruce willis he's just like a kid i've seen a lot of shit (laughs) Um, it's just fucked and i'm just doing this for the woman i love right because i need her but i mean i don't want to get ahead of too much here but the bit about him trying to hang on to her memory even as his memories change I think is really an interesting concept. And, and another, here's the, honestly, the best thing about Looper is, uh, aside from being a secret X-Men movie, the best thing yeah. is, so how does all this time travel shit work? Don't worry about it. I, we could sit here yeah. all day arguing about it. 
it just does. And here are the rules that we've set for our our time travel universe. Here's a, and and now let's have a story. Let's not yeah. get way. It, this isn't primer. We're not getting weighed down. And it's it's not near as dark as primer. No, no, but it is. It's kind of got a happy ending, maybe, but it is a pretty bleak film. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, it's it's not it's not sunshine and rainbows by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, the only the only positive elements are really is Willis's love for his wife. That's the only like really touching moment in the whole movie. The rest of it is Joe's a piece of shit. Literally, yeah, oh, yeah. He's, he's a he's a drug addict. Yeah. He hangs out with prostitutes. He kills people for money. Um, and he hangs out with other people who kill people for money. Um, uh, he's not a good guy. No, by any stretch of the imagination, he's not a good guy. No, he, but that I think is what makes it interesting is that he is this short-sighted junkie who is killing people for Jeff Daniels. Who, by the way, I would also murder for. Doesn't matter why, but I'll do it. Yeah, you know what? I reckon if Jeff Daniels said. Do you want to have some fun? Do you, do you want to kill people? Because we can do it. I'll give you a gun. We can do it. You get paid. It's great. I reckon I'd be on board. What if... It, I come it, for- in my mind, here is the pitch. Look, I can't tell you why, but I need you to take this gun. I need you to go to this uh, this address. I need you to kill the person in that house. Okay. No questions asked. <laughs> this is me, Jeff Daniels. Asking you. Star of the newsroom. <laughs> So you, you went to the good place. You went to quality Jeff Daniels, not dumb and dumber Jeff Daniels. <laughs> right. Not dumb and dumber Jeff Daniels. Because um, I'm not doing anything for him. Right. Right. I, look, I'll go right next door to Bill Pullman and I'll kill somebody for him. That's what I do. <laughs> that's, what, that, that's how I feel about sandy-haired character actors. I will bounce one from to other. Well, they, they are relatively interchangeable. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Let's yeah. be honest, they're, they're in there, you know. But but even like, even the Jeff Daniels character, like Abe, uh, apparently he came from the future uh-huh. to set all this up, and he got bored, so he took over everything. Okay, right now, okay. yeah, now he just runs the city. Yeah, and I, in one way, I really wish we spent a lot more time with that character, but I also really appreciate that we don't. You know, that every time I see him, I'm into it, and I really like. I would watch the movie about a young jeff daniels coming back from the future to take over this city uh but i'm kind of glad that it is just that that really delicious spice that flavors this movie in a in a few scenes um yeah it's very cool i I think he's very fun in it um i (laughs) i like his relationship with noah segan a lot uh with with with, uh blue yeah Uh, who is just constantly trying to impress Jeff Daniels, who is like, you're a fucking suck up. Like, you suck. <laughs> yeah, you are just, you are just shit. You are bad at your job. You shot yourself in the foot. Uh, that right. whole bit, you know, where, where Joe goes to meet Abe, like, the first time, is that you didn't shoot your other foot off, did you? And I'm just like, yeah, that's exactly what I think of you. <laughs> yeah, well, and, right. Like, everybody in this movie kind of shits on him. Up until, not even up until, up to the very end of the movie when they just dispose of this character. But uh, in a pretty great way. Uh, again, like, Looper is secretly, like, now that I've seen this movie three or four times, every time I watch it, I like it more. And 
watching it to to do this to have this discussion with you uh because in a real looper way i knew i was mm. going to do it even though it happened in the past I was like, oh, I got to watch the movie because I'm about to be sucked back into that thing that happened already. Um, but it, it's one of those movies that for me, it really, uh, once you get past the fact that like, oh, there's really not like a super likable character to pull you through the movie. The closest you kind of get is Emily Blunt, who is trying like, well, older Bruce Willis is doing this because he loves a woman and... Yeah. Emily Blunt is doing all this because she loves her child. and Well, she loves her child now. Originally, not so much. Well, again, because this movie, as you pointed out, ain't sunshine and rainbows. Uh, it's like, no, no, no. She was probably a hooker for a while and... Yeah. You know, a, a high class hooker, no, no question about that. Oh, no, but. no, 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 no. She she wasn't a street hooker. No, no. She was, you know, she worked and, you know, people came to her and paid her good money. Right. But not the kind of, you know, like the way she puts it is like the kind of life I was living was no place for a child. I couldn't deal with that responsibility at the time, which meant she was like partying and shit like that. And huh. and who knows how she was making her money. It, it doesn't seem like she was a mechanic. Um <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so, but, but she's right. She's trying to basically forge this relationship with a child that doesn't really trust her and doesn't believe that she's his mother. No, but well, she's a liar, according to, to little Sid. She's a liar. Yeah. Well, right, she's because cause she remembers, or because he remembers, uh, you know, her sister, who, by the way, we learn, got fucked up by this kid. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He painted the walls with her. Yeah. And that's another thing this movie does is it shows you a bloody fucking kid left <laughs> and right in this movie. Oh, um, yeah. And, but all right. So the looper setup, though, I think is really cool, too. The, this whole idea of we're going to dispose of bodies in ways that they just can't be found. And the best way to do that is to shoot them back in time and yeah. let some knucklehead just shoot them. Like they give them uh, blunderbusses. Which just looks like like a big long tube that has a range of what fifteen feet maximum fifteen feet right yeah it's just like you know the reason and uh, <laughs> stupid ass uh, Noah Segan in this movie is like you know what I think give him those things to you um and but the reason they give them to him is like hey we don't trust you to shoot them yeah. uh, in an accurate way we you're not. Like, you're not trained for this or anything. You're just a dummy standing in a field, and when somebody pops into existence in front of you at a given time, you pull this trigger, you never see their face, they're always covered by a, a sack, and they're going to have money strapped to them. I mean, they're, they're essentially the guy that runs the bolt gun at the abattoir. Yeah, yeah. I mean, very much so. And um, we get a an example of what happens in this world if you don't close your loop which yeah that's a bad thing <laughs> now what we're going to talk so that that's seth right that's his mate seth yeah paul dano uh shows up in this movie to remind you like oh right paul dano acts in movies and he's, he's usually pretty he's good a He's a dude that's pretty good, you know. He there's a whole scene of him riding a hover bike or not riding it, um, and you think, yeah, he's alright, he's pretty cool. But he, when his future self appears, he's singing a song that he remembers from being a child, and then he kind of like loses the plot a little bit, and it breaks the, you know, breaks his concentration. Well, I'm sorry, did I break your concentration? <laughs> um, 
sorry that that worst samuel L. jackson ever uh because i couldn't do it without saying motherfucker uh and he says can i have a cigarette i thought, says, okay. I thought you were doing sinatra why, why not why yeah. not <laughs> ah, you want bad accents i'm all over them they're all basically the same one it's just like no effort required uh <laughs> it's my biography no effort required the bo ransell story sorry <laughs> So anyway, he's, he, his future self then asks him for a, for a cigarette, I think. He goes to give him a cigarette, and then his future self fucks off, which I love. Just goes, you know what? I'm out of here. And he stands there and goes, 10 feet, 11 feet, 12 feet, 15 feet, gone. And then he's in the shit. Yeah. It, right. So he, rather than go to Jeff Daniels and say like, hey, my, the myself came back and and crawled at me and i am kind of fucked here and to me the only move here is here's what happened help me find i will put a bullet in myself yeah. but he got away like let me make this right but instead stupid ass paul dano goes to uh jgl's <laughs> place yeah and it is like you gotta hide me that's the bit I don't get. You gotta hide me. What? Right. Like you're. You need to be chasing yourself. Like yes, you don't need to be in my ass out there. Yes. Don't be fucking hiding here. Go find your old self. Um. And get it done. But <laughs> yeah. So, uh, JGL does in fact like uh, Noah Segan and a bunch of Gat men show up and are like, "Hey, where's?" fucking paul dano and he's like i don't know uh i don't know hey did you shoot yourself in the foot again (laughs) and meanwhile paul dano is in a secret safe in the floor yes and full of silver right of these bars that they they give you when uh they send somebody back and so uh jgl goes to hang out with jeff daniels who is like look i'm not even gonna tell you i'm not gonna threaten you I'm going to tell you, you're going to give him up, and here's why. And he basically says, like, I know what I know. you've been hoarding some of this silver. Uh, I know you're trying to, you know, learn French and all this shit. And at the end of the day, if you don't turn him over to me, I'm going to take everything. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to take half your shit. I'm going to take everything. Right. Right. And, he, and then he just goes, yeah, look, he's in the safe. Take him. Do it. Done. Right. Again, another moment where... You know, young, uh, young Joe here is just a total asshole. Yeah, he's just going. Yeah, he's my best friend in the whole world, but you're talking about my money now, so fuck that shit. Yeah, it, yeah. Know, he, he's he's literally trapped in the safe under the floor. Easiest job you're ever going to have. And really, these these assassins have the easiest job in the world. Yeah, absolutely. And if if they weren't all completely fucked up, like the the thing is, you never know when somebody's going to send you back to close the loop. So you don't know how much time you have. You only know that one of these days that, you know, you're but isn't the deal like you've got 30 years once you shoot yourself, you've got 30 years once you close your loop. Yeah, you got 30 years to basically spend your money, live your life, and then you know that at the end of that 30 years, they're going to come and get you and send you back so you can kill you and live for 30 years. And yeah, so... Close the loop. Right. So uh, they go to get Paul Dano, and this is like my favorite time travel shit in this movie, is they when they find young Paul Dano and are trying to get a message to old Paul Dano... Uh, they scare him up. Yeah, they just carve up Paul Dano's arm with a message that old Paul Dano is like, holy shit, like, they've got me. 
and they're like, you've got 15 minutes. And so he starts making his way to this place, but clearly w- across town, they're just cutting pieces off of Paul Dano. <laughs> yeah, I-, I love when he's climbing the fence, he looks up and he's only got like three fingers left. And it's just oh, like, ah! <laughs> that's a really good shot. There's, he drives, he steals a car, loses a foot in the process of that. Yes, yes. And then finally gets out and is running with like, no hands a stumpy leg no tongue and is just shouting for somebody to stop you know (laughs) and then sure enough uh he gets to the door with some stumps and nothing else and uh noah segan uh just drags him inside and that's the last you ever see him yeah yeah of just like hey we're gonna kill you both now and it's man that whole sequence is just like holy fuck man that is like the (laughs) idea of being able to affect your future self it's kind of the bill and ted time travel of like oh in the future we'll go back and put the thing right but the notion of like oh because you have escaped to the past we are gonna fuck up the past version of you and that will affect you and yeah it's just a fun little bendy timey wimey thing that I really really like. But here's a question for you: Do they keep what's left of current Seth um, on ice so that in the future he can still become future Seth, or do they just kill him and fuck up the timeline? Look, kid, you can make yourself go crazy thinking about things <laughs> like that. Yeah, like again, just brush it all <laughs> Fry away. Fry your brain like an egg. Yeah, just fucking just let it go. Just move on. I, and that's the whole thing. I, Jeff Daniels is just like, yeah, time travel will fry your brain like an egg. And I've gone, yep, great. Let's not argue about it. Just move on. Just fucking move on. Don't right. go to France. Go to China. I'm from the future. Don't fucking argue with me. <laughs> go to China. That's a really fun line. I'm, look, I'm telling you, I'm from the future. I'm, I'm telling. I know what I'm. Sa- yeah. I'm telling you here. Yeah, go to China. And and but again, because he's a little punk dick, he's like, I'll go to France. I'm gonna go where I want to go. <laughs> Uh, just I do what I want. You can't tell me what to do. It's like really, you dick. He's from the future. Listen to that man. He knows what he's talking about. But no, look, look, man. We have been dancing around this. Let, let's get to one of the big downsides at the heart of this movie. Let's talk about this makeup on JGL. Oh, J- JGL's eyebrows are 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 almost. They're akin to, um, I, I want to say, silent era Frankenstein and possibly uh, a certain level of Kabuki. Uh, they are <laughs> that whole look on him because originally I thought he was trying to like pull a bit of Bruce Willis squinty squinty. And I went, oh, you know, he's doing okay. Then about halfway, I realized that he's not. He's not doing Bruce Willis. He's doing De Niro. <laughs> He's just fucking full on just ma De Niroing it the whole fucking way through the movie. And I'm there going, oh my fucking God. Why was that a choice? Why? There is some uncanny valley moments though, where like when his head is turned just right and he and he says something just a certain way, where you're like, eh, that looks that looks like a young Bruce Willis. <laughs> Yeah, but but then there's a lot of when you're going no. Now he just like he looks like he's some weird silent era actor. Yeah, the, the nose is a real misfire for me. There's something going yeah. on with the nose that I don't think works at all. Um, yeah, but he's he's practically grey. Like the makeup, he looks fucking grey, and he's got these giant black eyebrows. <laughs> yeah, it's those eyebrows are a real something, man. I really like it. 
I like a movie it's... that's just like fucking eyebrows. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, Bruce Willis. Like, yeah, Bruce Willis suffers from from a similar situation than I do. In that, half your eyebrows are gone. Right, yeah. you reach a certain point in your life, and for whatever reason, probably because you spend half your life like just rubbing your face, going, "Oh fucking hell," um, <laughs> that you. <laughs> Your eyebrows have essentially just halved, and there's just like two little like cartoon points in the middle of your head. Um, and, and I want to go. How did he go from giant caterpillar eyebrows to no eyebrows? And just why? Why does that happen? <laughs> right. Like, did he just start plucking one day, and it never, it never came back? Um, yeah. Because there's like there's the transition sequence in the in the original timeline run up that they do where it's just like in the in the piece where Bruce actually so when JGL killed old Joe and mm-hmm. then like went on went on to become old Joe and you get like year 1, year 3, year 6, year 10 um and you're going okay now I get it it's working through I can see and there's a transition point where he goes from basically being JGL to Bruce and he has like the weirdest bald spot I've ever seen in my life which is <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like like this like a v in the side of his head and it's one like of a those reverse comb over it's like yeah it's like one of those wigs left over from that movie the jackal that he did yes. <laughs> where they were like yeah this one's not even good enough for the jackal and he's like are, are you sure did you see the blonde one and they're like yeah that one's fine he's like really and they're like yeah no 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 but save that one for ryan johnson definitely not doug lyman don't do not wear no. that for doug lyman no, but, don't but, 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 but you know, yeah, you're it's right. Just, it's just this weird giant fucking floppy head thing. And then he, he magically sees a woman and uh, decides he's going to become a good human. Yeah, it's yes, it is a real like, you know, she took me in, cleaned me up. It's like, eh, this is how Night of the Hunter starts. Mm. Um, <laughs> a far better movie, a far better movie. I, yes, I mean, we are not getting any haunting shots of Shelley Winters under sea in a car uh, no. in this movie, which is one of the most glorious shots I've ever seen in a film. Oh, and but, you're not getting Robert, you're not getting Robert Mitchum, uh, you know, with, with love and hate tattooed on his knuckles or anything else like that. Right. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> you know, let me tell you the story of love and hate. Um, that's, yeah, Time the Hunter is a real good movie. Anyway, but, uh, but looper though when he sees this this woman and it but it is that like she took me and cleaned me up and you know dusted me off and made me believe in something again and you're like yeah all right but But you know you you're still a killer (laughs) yeah i mean you also knew the deal and i'm not (laughs) saying that you don't make deals as a kid that (laughs) You know, don't seem like a terrible idea when yeah, you yeah, get not, older. not the smartest deal you might have made. Right, right. But also, like, you know, and, and like what we learn is that they murder her as well. Yes. And you're like, look, man, sometimes that's just the way it goes. You know, yeah. like, you're going to save her life, I suppose, by changing the future or whatever, but... You know, yeah, but is he going to save her life, really? Because regardless of what happens, he's still going to get to that thirty-year point, and they're going to take him away, and she'll just be left, right? She'll just that'll be it. And really, any good gangster is going to like go no witnesses and shoot yeah. her anyway. And JGL has the best point about this, where he's like, "Hey, man, t- I'll tell you what. Tell me where you meet her. I'll go the other way. Like I yeah, won't, right. you know, like trust me. I won't. I won't let this happen." 
And yeah. <laughs> sorry, while while I'm thinking about it, and you know, we we see the sequence obviously where where Bruce gets taken away and his wife gets shot. I I need to I need to talk about this. Why why do future gangsters look like um, Amish people without beards? I like it. I really like it. I think it's a good look. I think it's it's weirdly kind of a throwback look. Is it is it the Amish mob? Is that is that, is that what happens? Is that the Rainmaker jumps a train because he's a crazy X Men goes to live with the Amish because obviously that's the best place to hide because no one will look for him there and somehow through the power of his mighty brain converts them all into a cult of beardless giant hat wearing killers. Yeah, that he's like. Uh basically recruiting the the amish to his cause of like verily brothers look look how look how immodest the world outside is yes kill all those english (laughs) right (laughs) right it just seemed weird to me it just yeah the, the amish mob in china um blowing everything up but anyway nonetheless but yeah so yeah the whole sequence in the in the in the diner where Bruce is talking to JGL and, you know, they're sort of, and he says, you know what, there's a, there's a woman that works on the weekends. Her name's Janet, much shorter, uh, less letters after JGL's like written Beatrice, like in scarred into his arm. Yeah. He's got, he could have written Janet, Janet. Now, this is where this movie gets kind of weird. This is where, all right. Um, and, uh, only, only for the fact that all of a sudden they're, like Bruce is sort of saying he's like re-remembering stuff, but it's like new memories. After JGL thinks it and does it, he knows it. Therefore, JGL could have just written. He could have like drawn a dick in his arm and been sitting in the diner, and Bruce would have remembered that he actually scarred himself with a dick in his arm in the diner and gone there and seen him without having to write Beatrice. Sure, or it could have been something other than a dick. I mean, there are a number of ways <laughs> well, to get. So- yeah, look. Sorry, it's just straight away. He, he could have carved it on the table. He could have carved it on the table rather than himself, right? Still would have seen it. Yes, that, right. But there, there's also that explanation that Bruce Willis gives of like it's it's like there are two memories and then one kind of crystallizes and becomes real. And even then, he says, which is a line I, I really like in this movie, where he says that that's more precise than it is like me explaining it is like what actually is happening is vastly different and it's just yeah and i get that and i get that but then this is the point where we where we get introduced to emily blunt and sid and we learn about the whole sequence where emily blunt essentially cleans up joe instead of his future wife cleaning up joe and see automatically that that's got to change time right Right. Yes. Yes. But it, and that's why Bruce Willis, I think, is freaking out in the sewers while young Joe is getting cleaned up by Emily Blunt and, and rightfully being like, Hey, Emily Blunt seems like a fine, fine lady. And, (laughs) and, but Bruce Willis is like in the sewers holding his head, uh, 12 monkey and out a little bit where he's just like, remember her, you got to remember, remember the love of your life who is about to not be the love of your life. If, if, you know, young Joe does his thing. And, um, and yeah, the whole setup is she, they're on this farm where they're raising cane, I guess, sugar. Yeah. 
Yeah, see, that's one of the things now, to, to my knowledge, and this shows my potentially my cultural ignorance, I didn't think there was a big cane industry in in the United States. I don't think so, but I think the idea is that global warming has heated it up some and made it a little uh, better for the cane. Because we, like, in Australia, they grow cane like a motherfucker. Yeah, well, we do in um, in a lot of the southern states that are, are closer, like Florida and, and Georgia and coastal areas like that, um, that, yeah, there there is... The reason I know that is because of a song uh, by the Decembrists and, and where they talk about a cane harvest. And I was like, oh, yeah, I guess we did do that. Um, <laughs> sure, why not? Thank you, Decembrists. Um, Thank you, Decembrists, for teaching, for teaching Bo about cane. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, the, the, but the, the deal is like, Hey, you can't, uh, hang out with my kid. I'll help you get cleaned up and all that stuff, but you can't screw with little professor X over here. I said, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't talk to professor X. He, he's a bit touchy. And that kid is, is, there's something not right about that kid regardless. Y- yes. He is a very eerie child. Yes. And um, does not seem to have anybody's best interest at heart. And yeah. so you, you, there's a reveal, like eventually JGL and Emily Blunt fuck because of course they do. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, that just seemed like a given, you know, she sent him the frog signal and, um, they get it on and I right. just went, really? Well, really? I get it though. Like she's out on this farm. She's all horned up. I don't think this is an I love you thing. I think this is a like, you know what? You're all right. And it's been a while. Yeah, yeah, true. But before that, there's been a whole episode where uh, there's an argument over the times tables. (laughs) And, you know. Right, yes. Eight threes are 32. 32! Um, And a little Sid goes like full on like Firestarter. Uh, Yes. Because that's the only equivalent that stuck in my brain. It was Drew Barrymore as Firestarter, equally as creepy as little Professor X in this movie. Yeah, yeah. There's a real... Possibly less drunk. You know, Gage from Cemetery, if he were a little more telepathic. Um, Possibly. But it's that kind of vibe. Like, he's a real shitty kid most of the time. Yeah, yeah. Just screaming, you're a liar, you're a liar. Yeah, and and you kind of get the uh the impression that he because of the death of this aunt who he saw as a mother figure and the sudden like reemergence of his actual mother in his life like he's super emotionally unstable and given to fits of rage but that's a real downer because he also has these incredible telekinetic powers and so when he loses his shit he (laughs) accidentally killed his aunt for one thing and for another thing, has almost killed his mother at least once that yeah, we know well, to of. the point where she has a safe, a literal safe in the house that she hides in. Yeah, and he loses his shit. And I'm going that that is like that is the ultimate safe space. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it, it's a very compact version of a safe room. Yes, it, I mean, look, it, it, it's no uh, it's no refrigerator in uh, Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull, but it's definitely. That is a dumb movie, by the way. Yeah, um, it is a very dumb movie. I have the number of times I've complained about the tribe that lives in the walls and the practicality of that. 
Um, It's a minor quibble with a movie that's just bad for any number of reasons. Yeah. But anyway, so, you know, she's learned all that. And then, you know, we go through it. They have, as you mentioned, they they have sex. But they have sex after um, a gap man comes to the house, which is Jesse. Oh, yeah. So played by uh, Garrett Hedlund? Garrett Dillahunt. I'm sorry. I I get those two It was a Garrett. It was definitely a Garrett. Garrett Um, Dillahunt. I remember him from, I want to say... Um, Tombstone? No, not Tombstone. Um, he, he he is in. Uh, I think he's in Tombstone. He's definitely in Deadwood. Deadwood. That's what I remember him from. Deadwood. And was, uh, uh, he was the the main villain in Last House on the Left. Yes, he was. The remake of that. He was in No Country for Old Men as Tommy Lee Jones' sidekick. Oh, that's a good movie. Right? I mean, he's been in a shit ton of really, really good stuff. And just is a character actor, pops up, does his thing, is always real solid. And I think he's really good in this. Um, Mm. But he's basically a dude who has worked with JGL in the past, um, but comes sniffing around to look for both young and old Joe. Yeah. And and yeah. isn't terribly threatening. I mean, his his presence is a little threatening, but he's not overtly threatening Emily Blunt. He's just like, hey, I got to take a look around. Uh, sorry about this. Let me let me look around. Call my boss, and then I'm out of here. Yeah, that, that's right. And then you know, listen, you get obviously JGL hiding behind the couch, and little Sid coming down the stairs, and then there's a noise, and they both run into the underground tunnel that apparently Grandpa made during the Vagrant Wars. Um, <laughs> right. So it just went vagrant. And again, completely glossed over. But then JGL tells little Sid his complete murder revenge fantasy uh, about his mother. And I'm going, that's not a story you tell a little kid. Least of all, a little one that is that unstable. Right. Well, but I don't think he knows at this point that he's dealing with an evil devil child. <laughs> Potentially. But anyone, any child. Are you going to tell any kid that's like, I don't know eight or nine you know what when i was a little kid my mother was like she was a hooker and you know she sold me and then i was gonna kill everybody because that's what you do right what you do kid is you amass a lot of power like there's a point in this movie where i'm watching this and i'm like did he create the rainmaker by accident yes that's what I'm going. Seriously, I'm, I'm, that story alone is enough to go. You've just set that kid on the path. You've just said this is how you solve all your problems. Yes, violence solves many, if not all, problems. Kid, yes. start Kill with violence. Everybody. And what like uh, the, there's that great Jeff Daniels line where he's like, you know, your tactic seems to be shoot first, shoot a little more, and then keep shooting. And then once all the shooting's done, maybe ask a question or two. Yeah. That's kind of the theory for this whole movie. There's a lot of stupid shooting in this movie. Right, but... And again, this is kind of what I like about this movie, is that it's a a very complicated technology being used by a bunch of (laughs) dum-dums. Yes. It's a bit like they found it. It's just like, it got made, it was immediately made illegal, and then there was like just one. There was just one time travel ball thing right that they use and it's just like you know what we stole this from the crazy scientist that made it and it's the only one we got and we're just using it we you know we used to throw our garbage in just because right like we can't turn it forward for some reason we can't go into the future yeah. uh we yeah. don't really know how this works all that well we know you get in here we press this button you go back 30 years and you, you go away and that's it right so uh yeah it's it's I like that element of it, and I also like the fact that they're 
like nobody's doing anything super clever um and generally they're doing something like noah segan is just making bad decision after bad decision in this movie yeah and because he's he fucks up and lets jgl go and Hmm. basically is gonna be an outcast but then he decides he's gonna take it upon himself to prove to jeff daniels that he's not a, a total shithead so he's gonna find the joes and kill them so he he, when he finds old joe then we've actually we haven't talked about old joe old joe is essentially now a terminator (laughs) he's come back from the future to kill the the rainmaker before he becomes the rainmaker and he's got a set of numbers that he magically finds out actually belongs to uh three different three different young people um, and he's got their location because apparently every library has the location of everybody everywhere. Um, well, but but it's important to point out that what led young Joe to old Joe, like the chronology of that, wasn't just oh he met this beautiful woman. It, like he was, he lived it up for a while, blew all his fucking hey. money, and then went straight back to crime, and then went back to being an assassin, which is probably when he had to get good at it. Like he maybe. He, because he's not that competent as a young man. Uh, well, no. So you, you feel that he's worked his way up, like he actually joined um, the triads. Is that what it is? And then he had to become like a really good killer, criminal type stuff, lose his hair in a weird way, and then decided it was it was enough to become to take the love of a good woman, and then go back in the past and become a Terminator. Right. Yeah. Middle aged Joe, Yakuza enforcer. <laughs> Another movie yes, I would like to see. <laughs> middle-aged i'd look you know what i'd watch middle-aged joe as a yakuza enforcer i think it'd be worth it is it weird that i'm i have a song playing in my head uh called middle-aged joe to the tune cotton eyed joe (laughs) yes if it hadn't been for middle-aged joe i I would have not died a long time ago yeah um yeah yeah see now i'm dancing to it um and i've got that weird film clip in my head that's got like the animation with the teeth and the eyes right yeah uh, no it'll haunt you yeah that's weird so and something out now look I'm, I'm gonna have to talk about this because it, it well well i do love this movie this part of it i'm there going really did you really do that when middle-aged joe uh-huh goes to find the first young child Tell me that you didn't secretly have in your head the image of a uh, a station wagon running over a toy truck before Joe goes and knocks on the door. <laughs> Look, any time an assassin from the future murders a child in a movie, I perk up. Yeah. And just because it's not, you know, Arnold uh (laughs) doing the murder that whole scene i swear to god was like that it was the same houses it was just like but it's kind of like i think every like ryan johnson for sure is very much a student of movies and not just you know like i've seen every uh you know ran your uh shit uh, I can't think of Rainier Fessbinder. All his all his films. Uh, trying to sound ah, smart okay. about movies, but I sure. fuck it up and Wanna... sound even stupider. So, yeah. but like, see, I thought you were going to say Rainier Wolfcastle. No. Mendoza. Uh, that's that's what I had to get out of my head. I'm like, I know there. I'm <laughs> I'm about to use a Simpsons name, and that is inappropriate. Yeah. Um, but at any rate, yeah. So Ryan Johnson, I think, is very clearly making references to uh something like the terminator not something like like directly the terminator i think there are moments like even just kind of the the industrial look of this movie i think is more Mm. cyberpunkish than not 
Um, and uh, yeah, it's, I, I want to say it's more Terminator than Cyberpunk. Not enough neon for Cyberpunk. Right. Yes, you're right. Uh, but it but it is that kind of. Uh, like that burned out technology run amok kind of vibe. Yeah. And, yeah. and the, the, the future is just a bit shit yeah, and sh- dirty. <laughs> yeah. Like, but there are things that are interesting. Like, you know, you can see on uh, Emily Blunt's house where the solar panels connect to the electrical box and stuff like that. And there, yeah, yeah. there are weird fittings over the exhaust of cars and mm. just weird stuff like that. That's like, Oh, this isn't, like, I don't know what that does, but I can kind of contextually figure it out. Yeah, I, I get that it, it's a it's an upgrade from the future, or a future, you know. Some, it's a technology movement that they've just retrograde, you know, you know, fix the cars to make them do what they were supposed to do without spending the money because everyone's basically poor. So, you know, you do what you got to do to, you know, use what you got. But obviously there's a technology that, you know, in difference to this, is it a slap bike? That they that is like basically a jet powered motorcycle. Yeah, that the one that uh, Noah Segan has, which is real cool. Um, yeah. yeah, those are like really neat, and you can tell that they're still kind of new because yeah. the, not everyone has them, and it's kind of a point of pride. And yeah, it's like there's a real interesting like near futurism to it where it's like this is really conceivable that this is what shit would look like in 50 years mm. you know like yeah. if, if we don't blow ourselves back to the stone age this right. is where we're going right like again can totally buy that um yeah. there there was nothing that felt too science fictiony and i think that's good like dystopian science fiction is where you're like no this is all believable like huh. even even with the telekinesis, which for my money is the bridge too far of the film. Like, I'm already believing in time travel. Now you're whipping mm. a little telekinesis on me. That's telekinesis, But it's, it's, sh- it's shitty, shitty telekinesis. That, That's right. the whole point. Like, it's like, you know, 10% of the population have is a TK, but the best they can do is, like, flip a coin above their hand. Right. You know what? So, so can your average magician... <laughs> That's what I like about it too. Like, as even the even in the same breath that I'm like, I wish that there weren't telekinesis and time travel in the same movie. It certainly felt more, like I said in the upfront, like it felt more discordant in previous viewings to me. But mm. the fact that it is kind of shitty and low rent is like, yeah, that's kind of the telekinesis we probably have. Just something like nothing. Yeah. Not Professor X, you know, like it would just be no. parlor tricks. Yeah, well, you know, and Emily Blunt, who is clearly obviously a, a fairly strong TK by their measure, you know, jokes about, uh, like, getting a guy to burst a, a blood vessel at his eye because she could hold his coin down while he was trying to flip it. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Like, she's kind of good at it and fucks with people. I like that about her. Like, I think Emily Blunt is a mostly likable character in this movie. Um, yeah. Despite abandoning a child at some point, like, she seems all right. And she's on the road to redemption. Right. And so like to get us towards the end of this movie, basically what's happened is uh, as young Joe is looking for old Joe and kind of pieces together like, oh, he's trying to kill the Rainmaker as as kids. Uh, you know, a la a movie that you might have heard of from your past called The Terminator. <laughs> yeah, maybe, you know. <laughs> Because that's never happened before. Yeah. Um, and like the shitty little Sid is like, boom, 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 You're a liar. You're a liar. He says that a lot. Uh, <laughs> just, 
fucking he's just the angriest little fucker um but eventually blue then finds old joe while he's trying to kill um the child of young joe's hooker girlfriend that was convenient i thought yeah she's a real also ran in this movie where i'm like oh yeah. right there's this whole thing with they're, they only have two or three scenes together uh played by piper parabo actually who uh yeah. is is somewhat famous i guess um she's not movie star but she's been in a bunch of tv and stuff she done stuff yeah she did stuff and uh and she's predominantly the 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 boobs that you see in this movie really she i think hers are the only ones yeah yeah and it's like her whole deal is that she's working for the same crime syndicate or working for jeff daniels and is a prostitute that jgl thinks that he might be in love with but probably just the drugs that he's on um yeah which are just eyedropper based which i also like like quick delivery yeah and, just straight in there yeah and yeah so he's like hey why don't you run away with me i'll buy you buy out your contract or whatever and she's like are you fucking crazy i don't i'm not in love with you <laughs> yeah you're just a job <laughs> right like i enjoy fucking you you seem like a nice enough guy and you're not the worst but no yeah. um yeah so at any rate so like after he and emily blunt hook up uh he's like well i gotta i gotta take care of this farm uh you know i'm not gonna let anything happen to this little psychopath kid and and so kind uh, of all all people converge mm. uh on the yeah, farm they, they all can on the farm after bruce willis has shot up all of the all of the gat men in what could be only termed as uh a police station situation if for those of you at home <laughs> yeah yeah no it, it he just goes into jeff daniel's little fortress and you know just k- kills everyone like a condensed white version of the raid proceeds yeah. up the oh, stairs and murders everyone yeah i mean look yeah if you want to talk about raid 2 we'll time loop back and we'll just talk about oh. raid 2 and hammer girl for a oh, while so good so good <laughs> um but yeah there was <laughs> so we'll move on from that you know he he does that shoots him up and then heads for uh the farm in a tiny plastic truck full of gold apparently yeah Is that what yes yeah. yeah well I, I think so i mean that again not explained it's a tiny truck and power to weight ratio and all that sort of stuff aside um it's full of like gold and silver bars that he got from jjl's jgl's um safe yeah in his house and took it there and then we get there's a very brief face-off with blue um where jgl uses the blunderbuss to cause a dust cloud and then shoots blue in an unceremonious way as he goes past on the slap bike uh he meets he blue really just didn't stand a chance in this movie there was no there's no way he was ever gonna get it get ahead just shit on by everyone and everything in this movie right down to his you know somewhat ignominious death at the hands of jgl just because he like like you said he kicks up some dust and uh you know blue can't see him in the dust cloud and as he passes through he gets shot shot through with the blunderbuss and it's like well that's fucked up yeah yeah he 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 gets he just gets done over which is which is pretty poor but nonetheless um then obviously we get the the sequence where you know jgl has told sarah to to run with sid and you know there's a standoff with sarah and sid uh, bruce and sid just says uh no stop stop and causes the truck to flip in midair yeah 
just does the... T- I'm just going, yeah, poorly timed TK this. Not great. Right. <laughs> great. Right. No, you have done fucked up, son. And... Yeah. Yeah, so you've got an evil telekinetic kid, uh, you know, now just wreaking havoc <sighs> while... while Old Joe Bruce Willis is like, I gotta fucking kill that kid, and is is going after him. Emily Blunt then kind of throws herself in the path and is like, I can't let you shoot mm. my evil child. Uh, oh, so now you've skipped you've skipped over the bit where um where Old Joe manages to nick him in the face, right? Like, you, just, right, uh, and, and 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 like he just completely flips out, and the whole field is up in the air. Yeah, just fucking spinning, and I'm going. This is where shit's going to get real. It, yeah, it sets him off. This kid gets a, yeah. a real bee in his bonnet over that uh, close call with the bullet. And yeah, right. Yeah, like right. it's just a twister style maelstrom yeah. whipping around and lifting everybody off the ground and that kind of thing. And yeah. and then Emily Blunt talks him down. Right. That's the thing. Is like, oh, he doesn't do the evil thing. And yeah. Uh, which he did do earlier, which I, I think we might have skipped over, where Garrett Dillahunt, when he, he, he comes back uh, to check on the kid, is like, hey, I thought I smelled something kind of fishy. And the yeah. kid just lifts him in the air along with all the living room furniture and m- makes him come apart. See, what, what I love is the kid fell down the stairs, right? He did that himself. Like, no one made him fall down the stairs, but he f- fell down the stairs and went, you're a bad man. I am now going to, like, completely turn you into jam. Yeah. Just, woof. But he's a and, stupid kid. Yeah, that's it. Your, your, it's your fault I fell down, and I'm going to now, like, in slow-mo, just make you explode into just red paste. And again, we see him just run into the, indicate covered in blood. And it's one of the many times he ends up covered in blood. Uh, yeah, I mean that's the first time, not the last. Yeah, but but, but uh, right. So in this moment, he is about to rip old Joe apart at the very yeah. least, and possibly his mother. Right, yeah. and possibly his mother because he's just he's lost it. So then she talks him down. Right, yeah, she she gets the mummy. Yeah, mummy loves you, and it's okay. And then he automatically goes from complete psychotic into just sad little boy. Right, but meanwhile, Bruce Willis is like, that don't change my mind. That kid's got to die. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to shoot that little prick. And and this is where young Joe is like, how do I fix this? How do I fix this? And all because all he's got is the blunderbuss. He's too far away to hit old Joe. And all he can do is stand there and watch Emily Blunt at least get murdered, if not her yeah. and the child. And so his move is, all right, well, I'll just end the loop here. And so yeah. he shoots himself. Which erases old Joe, and then, of course, we get the, you know, kind of last moments of just like, okay, well, you know, they're gone, and the kid maybe is gonna be okay, possibly. Yeah, he he doesn't grow up to be a supervillain, we don't know, Um, but... There's this part of this, in the, and and it, it's a bit that you only get a couple of times in the movie. You're getting you're getting narration from JGL, right? And I, I'm 100% a sucker for a movie with narration by the main character. You know that 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 mental mental process, and he he calls back to the conversation that Abe had with him about seeing a kid, you know, on a path and going the bad way and you know could see everything was going to happen so he put a gun in his hand and changed his direction and you know he talks about 
I saw the kid, you know, whose mother died on a train, on a path, going to become the Rainmaker and realizing that he's the cause, future him is the cause of him becoming, uh, of Sid becoming the Rainmaker. So then decides to shoot himself with the blunderbuss in the chest and ending it all and then like I said we get the semi-happy ending where Sarah finds a overturned truck full of gold um and what what does a what does a cane farmer do with an overturned truck full of gold and silver um and Sid doesn't grow up to become a super villain maybe right I mean that's we're crossing our fingers here and hoping that yeah He's not a monster uh, that, you know, all of this is somehow going to give him the better life that prevents him from being a dark and vengeful God and maybe a benevolent one. Yeah, I reckon he is one awkward sexual encounter away from just going full Magneto. Yeah, I mean, he, when those hormones hit, he's already unstable. Those yeah. hormones are going to hit. He's going to, I mean, it's going to be society in his bedroom. Oh, yeah. Oh, society. Oh, milk, sugar, or would you like me to pee in it? You know, um, some of these I just throw out as pure pandering. <laughs> well, look, that's what this show's all about. It's just pure pandering. Perfect. Random stuff. Perfect. Random stuff. I talk to people and we have fun. And you know what? This movie ends with no less than eight minutes worth of credits. Yeah, you know, you gotta, you gotta put a lot of people together to invent time machines. Well, you which do. Which they did for you this do. film. Um, yeah. it's like Tom Cruise mo- filming that movie in space. They actually went back they in put time. Tom Cruise in space. Yeah, put him in space. That's exactly what they do. Because Hollywood, that's where all all, all the science is. Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. Forget forget NASA. NASA's a lie. NASA's a conspiracy. They never went to the moon. They had monkeys do it. Secretly, Hollywood has all the science. The, the greatest science minds of our time located in and around Orange County. Yes. Um, Look, if they could turn Jeff Goldblum into a fly, I reckon they can do anything. Right. I mean, in fairness, he turned himself into a fly. Uh, did he, he? He? Well, yeah. He invented the telepods. Yeah, but did he? That's what all I'm saying. Oh, uh, you're saying it's mm. you know, what it is? You got a false flag operation. Yeah, I'm just saying it could have been. It could have been that secretly um, there is the Hollywood version of Area 51, um, which is Club 54, mm-hmm. and um, they invented. Uh, they just had it and went, you know, here you go. We'll put this in a movie to see how it goes. But, and it was multiple clones of, of uh, Jeff Goldblum because well, he's Jeff Goldblum. Um, and yet yeah, one of them became a fly. We, we should always have at least one Jeff Goldblum on hand as a society. You know. yeah, well, because nature finds a way. Um, and I think we, we need as many Jeff Goldblums as we can get right now. <laughs> right. I, I'll tell you, here's the thing I don't want to forget to mention that I like about this movie, in addition to the number of other things I like about this movie. I like the look and sound when somebody comes back from the future, where it's just this kind of whoop, and they're just it's there. Whoop. Yeah, I like that. I- yeah, there's no ceremony. There's no no shining waves. There's no transporter sound. It's just whoop. yeah. And and I just- right. I there's something about like we were talking about the industrial nature of this movie and the the sense of like these are mobsters that just kind of inherited. They don't really understand how all this shit works. They just know it does. That there is that. That, that, well, again. I get the feeling that it may, it may not have worked all that well all the time. Hence the need to have a sheet of plastic in the past, just in case it doesn't go right. Yeah, right, right. Um, yeah, why? I mean, if you're serious about this, why don't you have a, a, a safety net here? Why isn't there a, yeah. like a guy that drives the guy with the blunderbuss out there? And then when the blunderbuss fails, the guy in the car is like, you stupid shit. And then you shoot him. 
with the yeah. other gun. Should've, we should have both. Yeah. should have both. And just go, well, why not have them appear in the ocean? Just- <laughs> right, right. Just leave them in the de- in the middle of the Gobi Desert, where there's just yeah. no way they will ever find their way to any sort of safety. You know what you could do? You could have them appear in the pyramid, inside one of the burial chambers in the pyramid, and then only like scientists go oh my god this mummy blah, 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 blah. there you go see solved time traveling secretly the pyramids were built by time travelers yeah. solved that problem for today thank you the science channel time traveling back to one of those quibby shows nobody will see him there <laughs> well on that note <laughs> thank you <laughs> i'm just gonna let that that was a hundred percent mic drop that was just a boom um Thank you for joining me for the very last time on this show, Mr. Ranstall. It has been a pleasure and an honor to have you with me. Look, man, you know I love this show. I wish you would do a million of them. Uh, Hopefully it's the last time uh, we will talk on this show, but not the last time we will talk on a show. Uh, So, uh, But I look, there is nothing better than being stuck in a world of wonder and magic with an Australian. That is... Uh, what it was knitted on many a quilt in our homes. Yes. And uh, yes. it is a message that I carry on with me everywhere I go in my heart. Mm, it is true. <laughs> and remember, kids, the best way to remember somebody who drowned is to name a pool after them. <laughs> yes. If, if we have learned nothing else and we haven't. No. No, we haven't. <laughs> You have been listening to Witch vs. the Doomsday Clock, a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network. Come join the rest of the Meat Popsicles in our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash Witch vs. the Doomsday Clock. 